When planning the road to success, there are a few steps to keep in mind. Identifying and solving the cause, facing and embracing change, goal setting, and being accountable. We'll talk about this today on Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. New and healthier habits lead to prosperity in all areas of your life and business. Now, here's your host, Chris Salem. Well, welcome everybody. Happy holidays. It's uh, two days counting down to Christmas. It is such hard to believe we are at this time of the year, but what a wonderful time of the year. We hope everyone is having, enjoying themselves. Hope you got all the presents ready for your loved ones. And if not, well, you got another day and a half or so, I guess, right? So welcome to Sustainable Success. You found us here at the Voice America Influencers Channel. We encourage everyone, all the listeners and those new to also follow us on Facebook at Sustainable Success 2017. That's Sustainable Success 2017. There you can listen to all the guests we've had on over the years sharing their words of wisdom, personal experiences, strategies, and insights to help move your business and personal life to the next level. Come follow us there. Make some comments, ask questions, get engaged. We'd be more than happy to uh, have you there and provide the value that you're seeking to move yourself and your business forward. For those that are still planning for 2022, there is still time. Feel free to reach us out to us at Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Uh, a member of our team be happy to go over your goals for the year and perhaps be able to help you break them down even further so that you can move forward to achieving the things that are going to be important to you in 2022. Today's show is being brought to you today by Alumni Direct. Alumni Direct is a new social media community platform dedicated to bringing uh, uh, alumni together from all walks of life. Again, these could be people that you went to school with, or perhaps they're people that you did not, but maybe perhaps in another generation type, but yet an opportunity to uh, generally develop authentic relationships with people that you're looking to connect with. This is a great place that takes all the uh, noise out of social media and a great opportunity, again, to perhaps land your next job opportunity or perhaps your next business project or business partnership. They offer a wide variety of uh, affinity programs as well that are not available elsewhere for business owners. Feel free to check them out at alumnidirect.com. That's alumnidirect.com. We got a great show, everybody, and we are also on Facebook. Welcome, Facebook people. Happy holidays to you. We're going to be talking about the five pillars to building an extraordinary brand. And so today we're going to be talking with Darcy Flanders. And Darcy, before I introduce Darcy, I'm going to give you a bit brief background about her. I've had the wonderful opportunity getting to know her. We're both part of a wonderful uh, mastermind group that we share ideas and strategies to help uh, other businesses move forward. She is the founder and chief brand, brand strategist of Baseline Group New York. Uh, Darcy is a visionary. Her strength lies in the ability to interpret clients' goals and translate them into visual, impactful, and targeted printed and digital solutions. Her passion for design is contagious, and her emphasis on teamwork leads to great collaborative solutions. Drawn on 35-plus years of expertise, you can count on her to lead an information-oriented, responsive, and time-sensitive creative process that considers the big picture and instinctively understands the importance of the smallest detail and the strictest schedule. Darcy has envisioned and managed corporate branding initiatives for clients such as Galliard Capital Management, City Alternative Investments, City Private Bank, HSBC Private Bank, and Rutgers Business School. 
and so on. I can keep going on and on and on. This is somebody definitely you want to get in touch with and meet uh, later when she provides you uh, her contact information and how to get in touch with her. And without further ado, we welcome Darcy Flanders to the show. Darcy, how are you doing today? Hi, Chris. Thanks so much for having me on and uh, happy holidays to everybody listening. I look forward to a good discussion. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And, you know, we, you know, I love this topic of, of branding and, you know, branding is, you know, such an important strategy that oftentimes businesses overlook. Now there's all different types of businesses. There's, you know, small mom and pop businesses to small corporations, to mid-sized corporations, to large, you know, fortune 500 companies that with, you know, those brand names that we all know, but nonetheless, I love the word extraordinary because why be ordinary when we can be extraordinary? Can you just talk about for those that maybe think they know what, what a brand is, if you can define what a brand is and why it's so important to a business? Sure, Chris. So I guess the simplest way to describe it is that you know, if you're a human being and you're going to a business meeting, you prepare a certain way. You want to say the right things. You want to wear the right thing. You want to make a good impression so that when you sit down and start talking to these folks, they hear what it is they want to hear and they see an image of you that it represents who you want to be seen as. And a brand for a company is exactly that for a company. It needs to communicate with the target audience and they need to hear what it is that they're going to want to hear from you. How are you going to solve their problems, et cetera. But it's also your brand personality. So if you send 10 people into the store to buy a suit, they're all going to pick different suits based on their personality as a company. Yeah. And so what you want to do with your brand is be true to who you are, your mission and your vision. And so if you build a successful brand, it portrays you correctly, but it also communicates to your target audience um, and addresses their issues. I love that. I love what you just said. I mean, the first thing when you were just saying that about personality, it was like this brand that just jumped out at me. And it's not that it's a major brand, but it's it's definitely a brand that people do know, especially women, you know, that because women that buy shoes online, but Zappos came to mind. I was like thinking like Zappos is so renowned for their customer service, but it's because of their personality, their values, can you illustrate a little bit more about, like, again, though, that personality, why that's so important? Yeah, so I think one of the mistakes I've seen the most frequently is that people will come to us and say, oh, my website is really old. I need a new website. Can you redesign it? And my first question is, where's the content coming from? And they say, oh, we're just going to use what we have and kind of make it look different. And that's exactly what you shouldn't do because I can't be successful in building a brand for someone if the story isn't in place, right? So I'll almost back away and say, we need to discuss this story piece because if you really want to make a difference and you want a different response to what you have out there, you have to communicate properly with the audience. And I think that's the piece people overlook. Um, what that means is you have a mission, you have a vision for your company, that's your brand personality that needs to come across. But more importantly, know your target audience. Who are they? What keeps them up at night? What is it you're going to solve for them? And then also, you have competitors. How are your competitors addressing this? And where is there a little space that maybe they're not hitting where you can differentiate yourself? 
in the eyes of the prospect. So that piece of story and kind of differentiation is so, so, so important. And it does cost money. And a lot of times, you know, people think maybe I should just go for the design and not spend the money on that piece. But if you don't get that right, you're, you're going to just put a pretty face on something that's not saying the right thing to your target audience. So it's worth considering. That I agree. I agree 100%. It's kind of like, again, that, you know, you're building a house and you, want, you, you visualize this beautiful house and you start buying all the things to furnish the house, but you haven't even started with the foundation yet. You, or, and then you got to frame it out and then you got to put the plumbing, the electrical work and, you know, build walls around it. And so it's like sometimes, like you said, they're putting the cart before the horse here and or the house before the foundation. <laughs> Exactly. And I mean, it's really easy to get excited about the pretty stuff. Like, oh, I don't like the way my website looks. I want it to look fresh and new and different and current. Yes, you do. Of course you do. But if you're going to go through the expense of doing that, then you need to make sure that you're telling the right story to the audience before you dress it up. Because otherwise, you're just making a pretty thing that's not going to serve you. Because once they get past how pretty it is, they're going to start reading it. And if it's not saying what you should be saying, you're still saying the same thing to the same people. So if you want something different, yes, the foundation really needs to be properly in place. Wow, that's great. And I know I won't, we want to get into the five pillars, which we're going to do. But one more question about that strategy, because I think it's so important. What would you recommend that, you know, when people are hearing this right now or the people that will be listening later that can't join us live, and they're sitting there going, wow, you know, I'm hearing this and, you know, she's right. You know, I, you know, it's not about how fancy and the colors and what it looks. I mean, I know that's important. That's going to capture people's attention, but it's going to be, it's going to be the, the, the content, the contextual content, the, the image, the brand, but they're like lost of like, how do they put this together? Like, what would you recommend in those cases, like where, where there are right now? Okay. Well, so this is probably not something they can put together themselves. Yeah. And I always say to people, look, even if you can't afford to do your whole brand now and like look at it in phases, but phase one should always be uh, having the right content. And if you don't have a person on your team that is really, truly a storyteller or a writer, it is so worth the investment to start there and hire someone and get that right. Because even if you can't afford to do the design part yet, if you get that right, even the way that you do your elevator pitch, even the way that you communicate with your target audience until you can afford to make the brand beautiful has changed. And now you're speaking to your prospects from the heart, right to them as humans, and you're addressing what it is that they're suffering with and how you're going to help fix it. So I just think you know, hiring a proper content person, if you don't have one on your team, is the first step. And if, if everything can't be done at once, I would say I would urge people to consider that step, the strategy and the content, the story. I, I, I agree. I, I do this a lot of times with my uh, startup companies I work with. And when we prepare pitch decks and, and business plans, and it's like, hey, you got to get that stuff down first. You know, you got to get that story. Then I can help you organize it and make it flow right. So even, if, even for those startup companies that are out there listening, this, this also applies to you as well, that, that take this seriously, what 
Darcy is talking about. If you know, if you get it right the first time, you're going to save yourself probably a lot of time and money on the back end. Would I? Would that be safe to say, Darcy? That, that would be extremely <laughs> safe to say. And you'll also find um, that once you have that story piece, everything changes. So even when if you're a startup and you're speaking to investors, you're not just telling them what you do. It's not quote unquote bullhorn marketing where you just say we do this, this, and this. You're telling them what they want to hear because you have identified your target audience, you know what their issues are, and you have figured out how you fit into the landscape with your competitors and what is that thing that you do either really well or differently. So now you have their attention because now you're not just saying, for me as an example, oh, I'm a creative services agency and I win a ton of awards. Well, my guess is in New York City, there's a lot of creative services agencies that win a ton of awards. So what can I say to people that makes me special? And in, in my case, I mostly serve clients who are service-based and it's a much harder sell because I don't have a product to dangle in front of people and say, this is my product. I ha- if you're service-based, you have to find the differentiators because there's that's what's going to make you stand out from the competition. And you also have to understand how the service you provide helps your target audience. And you have to make sure that when you're doing your pitch or your story, you're identifying the solutions that they're looking for and how you're going to approach them in a fresh way, a different way, or somehow uniquely. Very important. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, I love this. So again, anybody that is listening, I hope you are taking notes and or even recording this on your phone, on your computer, whatever. But then again, if you can't, it's okay. You can go back and listen to this show in its entirety later here today. That's the beauty about sustainable success on here on the Voice American Influencers channel. You can listen to it anytime. So uh, we encourage you for, to go back. There's a lot of golden nuggets that uh, Darcy is sharing here. So Darcy, I know we're not going to be able to get through all five pillars in this first segment before we go to break. But let's start with the first segment. And, you know, we got about four minutes till break. Uh, let's talk about the first pillar to b- building an extraordinary brand. I and mean, we may have already shed insight already on what we talked about already, but maybe just reinforce that. So, yeah, we've definitely touched on it because in my opinion, the very first thing is your story, right? Your niche, your differentiation. Um, who are you talking to? What do they need from you? How do you do that differently or better than or in a fresh way from your competition? And are you making that human connection with your audience, not just speaking at them, but speaking to them in terms that they understand how what the service you provide is going to change their day-to-day life in their business, right? But along with that, I can lump the second pillar in because to reinforce that, Then you have to do your copy. So you have a story. From the story comes your actual copy for each piece, copy for your website, copy for your sales pitch. Like, what are you going to say in each of these vehicles based on your story? But then you have to support all of that with a logo and tagline that that look like they were designed to reflect those things. So you can't go through a whole story exercise and use an old logo if that old logo doesn't um, support that. Uh, story and and difference that you've uncovered. So logo, tagline, and story and copy, they kind of all go together because they set you up for the rest of the brand that goes on top of that. Well, yeah, I love the fact I, I look back at, you know, when I had my logo done a while ago and 
even to this day, like, you know, you, we do have to refresh them and update them. No, no doubt about it. But it, I, I remember so many people telling me, you know, Chris, I always, always remember that logo because it had this, I don't know if what you want to call it, like a yin yang, like where it was almost like, like a boomerang in a way, two boomerangs, but they were always, and I'm a firm believer, like, you know, everyone knows me by give without expectation, receive without resistance. So what you put out there comes back to you. So, it, you know, they remember that and, and it's so symbolic uh, what you just stated there. Uh, anything you want to shed, you know, before we go into the other pillars and when we come back to the break, because we have a, a couple minutes, anything else that you might want to share an example, if you have examples you like to share about, you know, the logos and the things you, you pr- about the preparation for with, with the pillars one and two? Sure. I mean, so you have your story and your differentiator from that comes your copy. So it's really two separate things. A lot of people think it's the same thing, but your story touches on mission, vision, differentiators, like that real uh-huh piece and copy comes from that. So on your website, you're going to have a, a homepage, you're going to have services, whatever your sections are, all of those things have to be written. That's copywriting. If you pull from the story, then you're reinforcing the big picture. So your intro paragraphs and your homepage will come directly from the story. And then you filter it into more granular information, which becomes your copy. So there are story writers and there are copywriters. And then once we have that essence, then we begin to design a logo. And so, for example, I'll just use mine because I'm not putting anyone else on the hot seat, (laughs) but we came up with our name, Baseline Group New York, because the what we're talking about, right? We don't want to just build pretty brands that don't work. So the baseline, that foundation is really important to us. And if the baseline isn't right, we feel like the tower is going to topple. So our name came from our belief that it's very important to start with the structure and the strategy and then build the pretty visual part on top of it to reinforce it. And our tagline brand excellence delivered is because baseline used to be baseline design, now baseline group NY, that could be anything. How do you know what we do? So your tagline should identify to people what you do. I've seen a lot of times people put a logo that says something like, you know, uh, let's say Carpenter Group. Well, what does Carpenter Group do, right? (laughs) So you need to, your little tagline is probably the hardest part for the writer to do because you have to boil down what somebody does into a few words. Absolutely. Make it so people understand right away what your company does. Wow. This is some powerful information. We only got two of the five, but we got three more to come. So we encourage you, we're going to be going to break here shortly. Again, uh, you feel free to take notes. There's some great information that, that Darcy's sharing here. This again, what you're learning here can really separate you where you are and where you desire to be. You don't have to be a Fortune 500 company for some of you that are working in a smaller business or you you have a small workforce or even you're on your own. Nonetheless, at Sustainable Success, we apply to everybody in business. So we encourage you again to really, really pay attention and go back and listen to this show in its entirety later here. And again, Darcy's going to be sharing her contact information here later today. So you got to stick around for that information where you're going to have to listen to the whole show again, get, get her information because it's going to be the person you want to connect with. We got to go to break, but we'll be right back. What is balance? 
It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now... Back to sustainable success. Well, welcome back, everybody. If you're just joining us here, we are talking about the five pillars to building an extraordinary brand. We're here with uh, Darcy Flanders. She is the CEO uh, and chief strategist here at Baseline uh, New York or Baseline Group New York. Again, you're going to get to know where to, how to contact her later. We're talking again about really how we can create an extraordinary brand, regardless of what size organization you are, either if you're a solopreneur, right up to a Fortune 500 company, you are in the right place with her. Again, we covered the first two pillars in the first segment, so feel free to listen to the show in its entirety here later today uh, from the link that got you here. And so, Darcy, now we talked about the first two pillars that kind of set the so-called foundation to building an extraordinary brand. I think from what I'm getting the, uh, this feeling, this third pillar is really where the, the meat and potatoes is here. So uh, take it away. <laughs> that is without a doubt. So everybody's favorite part, because to be honest, the story and the copy, that's hard work. I mean, you're really having to dig and research and look at your landscape, right? So that's, that's your foundation. And then this part, which is, you know, building the visual brand is kind of, I want to say the fun part, or at least it should be fun if you're working with the right partners. It should be fun, but it should also be effective. So we look at the results from that first pillar or two. We look at the logo that was selected. We look at the tagline and we really look at that story and copy so that we can understand the essence of the company that we are about to visually brand. And from that, we, uh, we will understand what's the appropriate brand visually. Is it conservative? Are they talking about knowledge? So they want to look really buttoned up and, and you know, research oriented. Is it fun? Can we play with more vibrant colors? Is it a combination? Like, is it, oh, there's an institutional side to it, but there is a fun component. So from the story, we learn a lot. And from what we learn come things like, what kind of image library is appropriate? 
Because when you build a, a brand, one of the things people do sometimes is they just find images for every page on a website or a fact sheet or a brochure that reflect the, what's on that page. But the images themselves are not holding together style-wise. So it literally looks like somebody just went and grabbed a bunch of images and put them on the page. If you want to build a really cohesive brand, everything has to be within that an umbrella. So your images shouldn't just be random single images. It should be an image library. So, for example, if you're going to, let's say you're going to do a theme of sailing, every image should be related to that. And the way those images are shot, like the perspective, the coloring, should look like they hang together. So that as you're flipping from page to page and thing to thing, you don't feel like one of these things is not like the other. And uh, colors too, right? Um, Different colors obviously elicit different feelings in people. So if your health and wellness, you might want, you know, blues and greens and soothing colors. And if you're a financial brand, you would want conservative colors like navy and maybe a deep, deep burgundy and maybe a pine green. But if you're a financial brand that wants to appeal to the next generation of young investors, you might use those pillars of colors as your foundation and you might pop it with a weird color that's bright and kind of different so that you look very serious but fresh. So it's just like the way we dress in the morning, right? Now that you have that document and you have that structure, how do you dress it up so that it looks like what it is? And that's the visual brand, right? Uh, that's fabulous. I love what you just said there. And talk a little bit about, you know, Darcy, some people might say that, well, hey, my favorite color is blue, right? That that's great because I know I know for me, blue is my favorite color, but that doesn't necessarily mean, depending upon the industry that I'm in, just like you said, that that would be the right color. Correct. I mean, uh, years ago, we literally had a client bring a fabric swatch to our office and say, "My wife is decorating our home, and we love this color." And I was like, "That's great. Um, that's awesome." But that's not an appropriate color for what you're trying to put forth. So yes, we can avoid colors that you hate. Like if people come to us and say, I really hate purple, please don't use purple. That's fine. There's a million other colors in the world. So we don't have to go there. But the colors we select should reinforce what we learn about the brand. And more importantly, should resonate with the target audience. So what is it that you're asking them to buy from you? And why do they want to buy it from you? the colors need to reflect that. So if you're telling someone, hey, we're really research-based and they want to buy from us because we have all this knowledge and they go to your brand and it's like bright yellow and bright orange because maybe the founder loved those colors, that's not reinforcing what you're trying to say. So we try to um, accommodate clients if they have preferences for colors, but within the family of blues, the family of greens, whatever, or I hate purples, there's always colors you can find that when you put them together, a certain way will really reinforce the message. And everything you do as you're building your brand, you want to go back to that first step. And you want to make sure that what you're doing makes sense based on what you learned there. Yeah, I agree. Like you said, it, you know, even if it might not be your favorite color pattern, you know, just personally, You'll be, it'll begin to rub off on you in a good way just because you know it's resonating with your audience. <laughs> it's for the greater good. I mean, you're not building the website for yourself. You're not yes. building the website for your team. You're building the website to catch prospects and turn them into clients. And so you have to build, if you will, an elaborate mousetrap in a way. Like 
What is it that's going to make that prospect step into what you're putting out there and say, this is the firm I want to work with. It's them. I know it's them. And it's a combination of a lot of things, but the, you know, and included in brand is the font that you choose. So typefaces say a lot too. Some are whimsical, some are uh, serious, some are conservative, some are modern. So it's all of that stuff put together to make a certain feel. Got it. Got it. So what, what amount of, like, I guess it depends on the, the, the organization or the type of business they're in, but what kind of, what, what goes into the research to determine everything you talked about? Like, you know, to really, when somebody comes in and they're not really, they're not really, you know, don't have a firm understanding of this and you have to educate them on there. What is the, what's the amount of time that is spent in researching on average for the, you know, a typical uh, organization, you know, that, that, that's looking to update their brand image and so on? So every step of the way we do studies. So once we have that story and that copy and we have that logo and that tagline, and by the way, color studies will happen just for your logo alone. So once you have your logo, you'll have your base colors. Like that doesn't mean that's your whole color palette, but you'll have already gotten to what colors represent your company logo. And then the next steps are, it's a lot of showing people different things. So we do whole studies of colors. We do whole studies of fonts that you could use. We do whole studies of image libraries. So step one might be, okay, here's color palettes we're considering for you. Here's your primary color palette. Here's some secondary colors that could pop it a little bit. Here's a fo- you know, photo libraries, like maybe one library is of sailing images, maybe one library is of instruments playing together. Maybe one library is abstract, but shows things connecting. And all of those could represent, you know, a company that does teamwork or puts a lot of things together and all the hands have to be on the rope to make it work, but they're just different ways to visualize that. So, you you know, you can show a client three image libraries that would be appropriate. You could show a client three color palettes that would be appropriate. Um, But when we mean appropriate, it means we've looked at the competitive landscape, because obviously you don't want to be branded in the same colors as your primary competitors. So we've looked at that. We've looked at what you're saying. We've looked at what you're trying to sell and what you're, what's special about you. And we want to make sure that the things we show you uh, support the things that we've found. And then it's up to the client to select, you know? Well, I think that's say, wonderful. They might say, hey, we love color palette one, but we like this orange that you put in color palette two, and then we'll figure out how to find an orange like that that works. In the, you know, so it really, that's when the process becomes collaborative. We, we want you to be part of our team, and we're putting things in front of you for you to react to, and your reaction is every bit as important as what we've put forth so that the end product makes us happy but makes you happier. I, I love what you just said there because, you know, first thing that came to me is like, this is a collaborative operation where it's not like, you know, you as the expert are making the decision for me because you know best. You have all the research, you have the data, you have all these things, you got all these resources, but you're sharing that with the client, you know, that they, and then not just telling them, but sharing with them. And empowering them now to kind of see that because if they went it with this perspective, I want blue, I, I love blue, and I want blue, but blue does not resonate with their audience. And here's why: here's the data, here's the research, here's the historically what brands in your area have done and been been successful. 
now it's like, wow, now they feel like I, I can absorb that. I can see that. And they get, ultimately, they're making the decision. You're not making the decision, but you're empowering them through these tools and resources. Exactly. I mean, we are not here to just say, here's the design and listen to the use. <laughs> That's not how it works. But we are here to say, here's a bunch of things that work based on what we've discovered. And now let's have a collaborative discussion and let's look through it all. What do you like? What resonates with you? Because at the point when we're presenting, really anything they choose would be okay from our perspective. So it's really now a conversation and it's really their input is as really important to us because they have to use it when we go away. And salespeople too, like they're using it to sell. So if it doesn't jazz them, if they don't get excited about it, then yeah. I don't know that we did our job properly, right? So everyone's voice needs to be heard in the process and the result has to resonate very much with the client. Um, you know, we're not going to put something forth that we wouldn't want them to choose. So for us at that point, it's a conversation. Wow. I love it. Great. Well, if we want to move on to the fourth pillar, right? We're going to go to four. Yes, we can definitely go to four. Um, So the fourth pillar is the website usually, and it might not be a website. Some, most companies it is, and most companies do have a website. And that usually is the biggest, like people hire us and there's always a bunch of stuff, one sheets, fact sheets, collateral, PowerPoint presentations, but If a client's going to do the website, that's kind of the cornerstone of the next step because that's a big deal. That is the first thing people look at aside from maybe your LinkedIn profile when someone tells them, hey, you got to talk to Chris. They're going to go to your website. They're going to go to your LinkedIn profile. So the website's kind of like the baby that the company has to give birth to. And there's so many voices that go into this website. So if you come into a website redesign or a initial design thinking it's going to be quick and easy. If it's being done right, it's not. Because you really want the voices of all of the people that are important within a company reflected in the website. And you really have to think about every single aspect of your company. You have to think about your mission, your vision, your story, your services, and not just what are they, but what within each service do you do for the client? You have to think about your team, And what about those team members is going to make people say, wow, what a great team. They're so experienced. They're so seasoned. I want to work with them. So it's every single aspect of your business. It's what press do you have? It's what articles have you written? What do clients say about you? Testimonials, case studies. So if you are building a website, especially if you're redoing one and you already have one, you want to make sure you really put your best foot forward. And if you're a new firm, you start with what you have. But as you grow, you want to keep adding on and not just let it sit there and be small and and what we put up five years ago. You want to look at that every year and say, what changed in our company that we now can add to our website? I mean, oftentimes people just let them sit. And A, that's not putting your best foot forward because obviously every company changes every year. Might be new team members, might be a new service, a new case study. Keep evolving. And also SEO if you don't pay for it. I was just going to ask you that and you you just brought it up. So keep going. (laughs) Organic SEO happens when you change content on your site. If you build a site and you just set it out there somewhere, um, it's nothing's going to happen. It's just sitting there. But if you keep linking out to other partners or you keep adding new content, new team members, the little web spiders crawl around and see that that site is vibrant. Things are happening. And just organically, you get better SEO. 
than you would if it just sat there. So for many, many reasons, once you make the investment in a website, put the time into it and then keep changing it as you your company changes. Yeah. Well, like you said, it's so important because it is always evolving, right? You know, because again, you know, I mean, it's not that you're changing your, your, you know, what you offer, you know, like, I mean, your business is your business, but you are evolving. You could be adding new products. You might be bringing it, you know, maybe you're catering, you know, now to another audience as well, mm-hmm. maybe new industry and so on. So you're, you have to be able to adapt that in terms of the content and, and obviously SEO is going to pick up on that. Uh, exactly. I yeah. mean, if you're really a firm that's driven by SEO, then you need to find an SEO firm and spend the money to really invest in SEO. But for most firms in the beginning, um, having your site built properly and taking all of these things into consideration will just help you get better SEO. So like the right keywords, the right messaging, uh, identifying key phrases that clients might be looking for and how they find you. Um, and then constantly evolving your site so that it gets it just gets better SEO organically because it's new and fresh all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I love this. Uh, we have about just less than a couple minutes, about a minute and a half. Do you want to summarize just some of the key points up to this point? We'll, we'll go into the fifth pillar uh, when we come back after the break, but just to summarize kind of the, the four pillars that we've talked about just real briefly to kind of reinforce and how they come all together so far. Yeah, sure. So you want to start with story because that's your foundation and story is your differentiators and really the big aha reasons why someone should come to you. Mission, vision, culture. Maybe you give back and other people don't give back. Things that you want your customer to know. Then from that comes your, your copy, which is what are your services? Who's your team? Bios, you know, all of the nitty gritty about your company. From that, you reinforce that with a logo and a tagline that look and say what it is that you do so clients identify immediately what you do when you hand them a business card or they go to your website tagline. Very important. And then from that comes the visual, right? So now how do we take all of that and build a visual brand? What kind of photography are we going to use? What colors are we going to select? What typeface has the right personality colors, all of the visual, and how does it all come together, including the client's collaboration with us. And then from that, now we start to build different pieces. So website, and then marketing materials, one sheets, PowerPoint. But if the website is part of the ask, that should be first because it's a big piece. Yes. And then you can pull elements from it to all of the other smaller pieces of your materials. Wow. Great, great points. Again, we hope everybody has written down these four pillars today, but you still got one more to come. And again, again, you can listen to this show in its entirety here later here today, here at the Voice America Influencers Channel, and also at our Sustainable Success 2017 Facebook page, which we are now streaming on as well. So with that being said, uh, we're going to we go to break here, but when we come back, we're going to get the fifth pillar. We're going to we're going to try to round everything together and how you can build an extraordinary brand. And you're going to get an opportunity to learn a little bit more about Darcy and the things that all other things that she's doing at baseline group, New York. And we'll be right back after the break. What? 
what is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects. Surrounding yourself with family and loved ones. Nurturing your spirituality. Maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness. And being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about eliminating limited beliefs or unblocking mindset barriers for entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders, and professional athletes to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of resolving the root cause to the problem. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the problem but do not address the root cause to it. You now have the opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consultation calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Well, welcome back. We are talking about the five pillars to building an extraordinary brand. Today's show is being brought to you today by Alumni Direct. Alumni Direct, again, is a new social media community platform. This is different from Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and other types of social media channels in that it allows you to bring the, you know, together genuine, authentic relationships on your time. No notifications and nobody trying to sell you anything. It's just an opportunity to build these relationships in community groups with people you either you went to school with, perhaps you were in a fraternity, a sorority, and an opportunity to meet new people that you've never met before from your school. And what better way when you're looking to hire people into your business, looking for a new business opportunity, this is the place to be at alumnidirect.com. That's alumnidirect.com. So, Darcy, we, we were talking about the four pillars, or the, the, initially the four pillars in the first two segments, and we got one more to kind of round things out here to complete the puzzle here when it comes to five pillars to building an extraordinary brand. Could you share with us that fifth pillar and how it brings all the other four together? I absolutely could. So, we were talking in the fourth pillar about your website, but uh, that is not the only part of the fourth pillar. So your website is usually the biggest marketing material that you're going to create, but you might have one sheets, PowerPoint presentations, uh, digital brochures, whatever it is you use to market yourself. That's all part of that fourth pillar as well. But much of the direction from that comes from the website. And if you are doing a website, you would do that first because that's so big that all of the elements will be in there and then you can pull them out and use them for the various other things you might be branding. So once you have this brand, so now you have a visual system, you have a color palette, you have a secondary color palette, you have uh, fonts that you're gonna use, typefaces um, for headlines, different ones for your body copy. You have all these elements and your logo and your tagline. So. The last step is called your brand guidelines, and many people skip this step too, um, but it's really important not to because what your brand guideline document does 
is it makes sure that all of those things are reinforced no matter who's touching your brand. And what do I mean by that? I mean, let's say you have a freelancer or an intern come in and you want them to create some new stuff for you because you don't want to go out to a big agency every time you want to create something new. That's great. But if you have brand guidelines, what they build will be using the same fonts, the same types of imagery, the same colors, and therefore will be visually unified with everything else that we've done for you to start the brand off. So your brand guidelines tie it all up nicely and they give whoever's going to touch your brand, an advertiser, uh, somebody that's designing your social media, somebody that's designing further marketing materials, PowerPoint presentations, banners for a trade show, all of that stuff needs to have the same base elements as what you've already done so that when people look at that banner or that ad, they immediately recognize your brand. And if you keep consistent with your brand over time, you build what's called brand recognition. And then people who are used to seeing it, they know right away. If they see a LinkedIn scroll and they see those colors and those they know before they even look at it, oh, that's Chris's brand. I know Chris, you know, that's his brand. I'm going to read this post. Or So brand guidelines kind of button it all up, tie it all together, and they don't have to be intimidating. I know many people think big companies do these giant branding docs. It could be a two to four page PowerPoint presentation with the basic elements, but spending money on even the most basic brand guideline document is a very worthwhile thing. Wow, it's awesome. Can you go over, you know, we you covered the five pillars. Share some again some examples with us now that we've now that we've talked about the five pillars and how this can shape up like if somebody's visualizing this now like I can see this evolving for me. If you could just illustrate with a few few examples. So I'm going to use big brands that everyone knows just cuz everyone knows them, but when you think about building a brand that's that's really going to be different, think about things like, so for JetBlue back in the day, right? JetBlue came out of nowhere and the airline industry at the time was awful and there was no customer service. And what were people who were their prospects complaining about? Lack of customer service. Nobody cares. They're, they're, you know, we're just, we have to pay this ridiculous money for airfare and, and customer service in this industry is awful. So enter JetBlue, right? built the entire brand on service. What can they do for you? How can they help you? They put TVs in their in their planes so that if you're traveling, you're comfortable because you're watching movies. Every single seat had a TV on the back of it, right? And even one of their ads was something like, we're not just flying a bunch of TVs around, right? Calling attention to, yeah, this is our differentiator, but we're doing this for you, right? It's like, Starbucks is another one, right? There's a million coffee shops. How many coffee shops could there be in big cities, right? They turned it into a place where people could hang out. So it wasn't even about the coffee. That's the product. It's about the experience, right? So when you think about your brand, think about, you know, what is the mindset of my prospect and how can I address that? And it might be you're, you know, the, if you're a bricks and mortar, it might be, what is the environment you're inviting people into? How can you make it so inviting that they want to be there? You know, things like that. Like really think as outside the box as you can within your own industry. Wow, that's great. So you're hearing that again. It's about, it's not about your product itself. 
It's about the experience. It's more than just, again, the service or the product. It's that experience. They're part of the, just like, you know, Darcy, when you talked about the client working with you and, and being part of the, they make the decision on the colors and the layout. You're just presenting the tools and resources that give them the opportunity now to say, hey, that makes sense. Let's do it. Let's go with that one. And, and, and obviously, it's going to be, obviously, the ones that you presented, they're all going to be good options for their brands. So, uh, so, so, so right on with that. I like to use this time to let the audience that's listening right now, those later, to get to know you a little bit more. You know, what got you into this industry? You know, what got you into branding? Because I know you, this is something you've been doing your, your most, if not your entire career. You could talk a little bit about that. Sure. So I went to college for graphic design and photography. So I did actually, I'm one of those rare people that actually stuck to my major. <laughs> but, you know, I worked for a large agency for many years. And the the problem I had with that was that I was not the person directly in touch with the client. There were teams and I was just a, like, I would get all my information second or third hand. And for me, because of the way my little brain works, the more I hear directly from the client, the more I can be successful in what I do because I hear people say things and right away what they say brings an idea into my brain about how to portray their brand to others. And sometimes in big agencies, the people collecting the info are not creative. So they're coming at it from just writing dry notes, like almost like the, this is what we do. But I want to hear that excitement from the person that's doing it. And I want to understand why they're excited about what they do and what is it they think they do differently because that's where the real success of a a well-built brand comes from. It's that passion that the founder or the team has about what they do. How do you capture that? How do you put that in a bottle and package it? And how do you make people feel that by looking at something, right? So that's why I started Baseline. A, I wanted to have direct contact with clients. And I also wanted less levels. Like I don't have any uh, account execs. Everybody that talks to my clients is a creative because then nothing gets lost. It's all right. Exactly. Yeah. It's not like telephone, right? You know, that you goes through two people. By the time you get it, it's entirely different. (laughs) Diluted. It gets diluted. Like when you're talking to me, I see your passion for what you do, right? I see how excited you are about what you do. And I want to, I need to feel that my designers need to feel that if we're exactly. going to convey it, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so there's that. <laughs> well, that's great. I mean, here you are, you know, again, you you have the people that actually are creating the, you know, this brand that, that that's going to come alive on their web pages, on their collateral, you know, in terms of how they use the context, contextual content in their everyday conversations when they're talking with people, Maybe if they're speaking on a stage or on a podcast, a radio show, just like this, that 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 your team has that direct contact with them. There's no middleman here. It's right there that you know that you right from the creative source to the person that's seeking that information to expand their brand, expand their business forward. So I think it's awesome. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So talk a little bit about. I know you 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 do a lot in the financial services segment. So right. if you could take a minute just to share, because I want to leave it also sometimes let people know where they can reach you. If you could spend a minute sure. on that, that would be wonderful. Yeah. Many of our clients in the beginning, all of our clients in the beginning were financial services. Um, but then obviously in 08, that 
industry kind of shut down for a while. So we diversified and we've done a lot of work in education, health and wellness, construction, insurance. Most of our clients are service-based. So I would say our area of expertise is more working with service-based clients, not product-based. But, you know, happy to help a product-based client. If you have questions to ask about branding, I know I can answer them. But if you want to see a portfolio full of products that I've branded, you're not going to. But service, we have many, 25 years worth of clients in the service space. So we're uh, well-equipped to help brand clients in that space. Well, that's wonderful. Wonderful. Well, we highly encourage those people that, again, you're going to get to now, you know, you get a little bit getting to know who Darcy is now personally. You know, you you learned about the five pillars of building an extraordinary brand. Now we're going to get an opportunity. Darcy, we'd love you for you to share about what you're up to, what you're, where your firm is doing in 2022, what you have to offer to the, the listeners and those listening later, and how can they get in contact with you? Absolutely. So obviously, due to COVID, um, we are have a huge emphasis on digital because that's what there is right now for the most part. So if you have a website that's outdated, we've done so many websites over because that's a key piece of how you really communicate with and kind of turn those prospects into clients. Um, But anything digital, if you have marketing materials that were used to be printed and you want to turn them into a digital experience or you want advice on what a digital experience could look like for all of the things that you use to market your company, um, that would be great. Uh, We also, I'm, happy to help anybody of any size if they just want to talk about their the obstacles they might be facing or the questions they might have with regards to their marketing or their branding. So, you know, feel free to tap me. You can reach me at, uh, my email is Darcy, D-A-R-C-Y, at BaselineGroupNY.com. And our website is BaselineGroupNY.com. And my number is 914 914- Three one zero one nine five zero. Feel free to text. Feel free to call. Feel free to email. Happy to talk. So you know, there's no cost for a conversation. If anybody has questions, just reach out. Well, Darcy, thank you so much for taking time out of you know, this busy holiday season to be here with us at Sustainable Success. We are so grateful to have you, and thank you for all the wisdom and insight you shared. We highly encourage you, listeners, to get in contact with Darcy. Get a pulse on where you are on your website, but more importantly about your your message because that is the foundation to everything that she talked about earlier on the first segment. Listeners, we want to thank you again for always being here for people like Darcy Shards of Wisdom and Insights to help elevate your business and personal brands to the next level. We want to wish everybody a happy and joyous holiday season and a happy new year, but we're not done yet for this year because we're going to be back next Thursday right before New Year's. That's right. So we're not closing out the show yet for the year. It's next Thursday. So we'll see you next Thursday. Have a wonderful Christmas. Uh, Happy holiday season, whatever you celebrate. And we'll see you next Thursday. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Sustainable Success. Be sure to join Chris Salem and his guests every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Have an incredible week.